Let's go under the hood of the BMV and discuss the inner workings of our agency. Each episode, a new guest or guests will sit in the driver's seat to discuss current and future projects, agency updates, and go full throttle exploring agency-wide happenings. We'll get real, sometimes real funny and real informative. Breaking it down with the BMV. So welcome back to Breaking It Down with the BMV. I am Jessica, I'll be your host today, and we are going to be talking about the legislative process as it relates to the BMV. And today with me, I have two individuals who will be talking us through this process. First, I'd like to introduce Dan. Hello. Hi, Dan. Can you tell us who you are and what you do for the agency? (laughs) Sure. Uh, My name, like you said, is Dan Shackle. I'm the Chief Legal Officer for the Bureau. Um, I'm responsible for all general counsel activities, uh, public policy legislation, and I also manage the Fraud and Security Enforcement Division. That's a lot. That's a lot. And then also with us, we have Kyle. Hello. Thanks for having us. Um, I'm Kyle. I'm the Deputy General Counsel. I've been with a BMV for almost seven years. I focus my legal uh, research on the titles and registration issues, finance issues, tax issues, um, and anything else that that happens to come up. Very cool. Thank you both for joining us. And what we're going to do is talk a little bit about how this legislative process or the legislative session kind of affects the BMV. And I think our listeners will really want to know, um, Dan, what exactly is the legislative session and what does the BMV's legal team do during this session? So the legislative session begins in January um, and lasts either three or four months, depending on the year. Every other year is a budget session. Um, where the legislature passes a budget for the following biennium, um, and that is the four-month session, so every other year. During session, legislators introduce various bills to be considered um, by all legislators, and only about 10% of those initially introduced bills become law each year. Many of the bills go through several rewrites during the course of session, Um, as the law and the policy develops over that course of time. During legislative session, the BMV's Executive Director of Public Policy and Legislation, um, which we will from here on out call the Legislative Director, uh, because that's a very long word, (laughs) um, uh, they work internally with the BMV's Executive Cabinet, um, external stakeholders, and legislators to either advocate on behalf of the BMV agency bill or provide information to legislators on other bills that may ha- may impact the BMV. Got it. So when this session is over, what kind of initiatives are you working on? Well, for the BMV, uh, at least here in the legal department, legislative session never ends. Um, It may end formally um, because the legislature uh, goes on break, but immediately after the session concludes, the legal team and legislative director work with staff to begin implementation of legislation passed by the General Assembly, which impacts the BMV. 
Then after we get that kicked off in June and July, we work with BMV staff to begin identifying items to include in the BMV's agency bill for the following year. Once our legislative items are approved, we work with our legislative legislative author and sponsor and the legislative services agency to begin writing the preliminary draft of the following year's bill. Last year, our primary author um, was Representative Shane Lindauer, which because he's a representative means that um, our bill starts in the House. And then um, our Senate sponsor last year was Senator Chris Garten. And um, and those are the two folks that uh, were the primary ones to shepherd us through the legislative process. And then session begins again and we just repeat. Gotcha. OK, all right. So Kyle, can you tell us who writes those bills that are going to impact the BMV? Yeah, so there's really uh, two different kind of paths that BMV deals with uh, each each session. One is, you know, the agency cleanup bill, as we call it, or, or, or uh, agency agenda bill, where we're kind of the agency is kind of putting forth its ideas um, to the to the whoever the, the author or the sponsor is and trying to get their buy in in terms of you know, things the BMV would like to see in the coming year, legal changes to implement technologies, new processes, things like that. Um, and then there's the other legislative items where, you know, to Dan's point, any uh, any legislator can author a bill and, and sponsor a bill. And if they can get enough folks to vote for it, it'll pass. So so the agency bill is, is a little bit different. The BMV, like Dan said, is kind of working on that throughout the year. Um, by the time it's it gets to legislative services and then the the General Assembly members themselves, um, it's gone through a pretty significant process internal to BMV where senior staff is bought in. The language is more or less finalized from what we'd like to see it introduced. Uh, the other bills are trickier. Um, it depends on who the uh, legislator is and, and what they're trying to accomplish. Sometimes they've reached out to BMV ahead of time to get um, our input on an idea and, and to get some feedback on it. Other times it's kind of just on a whim based on a single constituent issue. Uh, we're usually, uh, or I'm usually a little bit more wary of those and kind of dig into those a little bit more in, in my role as the attorney, because sometimes things can get a little wonky. Um, Title IX is very complex and has a lot of cross-references and, and other parts of Indiana code. And so, you know, simply tweaking a word or removing a phrase could have uh, significant impacts to the BMV and, and to the way Title IX works as a whole. So, so th those get a little bit more of my focus. Uh, the agency bill is obviously our number one priority. Um, and, and typically we do a pretty good job. I think uh, legislative directors historically have done a pretty good job uh, convincing folks that these are good things for who's your taxpayers and for the state as a whole. And uh, and we get that agency bill implemented. So ultimately, I mean, and technically the author of the bill is the legislative services agency and, and the, the legislators themselves, but often they'll look to us for some, for at least some, some background information, if not guidance on how best to implement something they're trying to do as it relates to the BMV. Got it. Got it. Thank you. Did you know vehicles have six blind spots a motorcyclist can be hidden in? As summer approaches, so does motorcycle riding season. And it's important to be alert and aware for all Hoosiers on the road. Learn more about how to be road ready this summer at in.gov forward slash RSI. Dan, how much control do we have over what goes into these bills? Well, as Kyle alluded to, uh, bills that are authored by, or that are not the uh, 
BMV agency bill that are authored by other legislators. Um, sometimes we hear about their issues and, and assist them with with um, developing language for legislation ahead of legislative session and sometimes not. Um, and so <clears throat> we try to provide options for them to get to the same place that they're trying to go, uh, just perhaps using a different statutory scheme. With regard to our BMV agency bill, we merely propose legislative items, um, but we don't control the bill. That is the job of the legislators. Um, the BMV's legislative author ultimately shepherds the bill through the legislature and has control over what's contained within it. Last year, the BMV's author and sponsor didn't object to any item proposed by the BMV. So um, we, we try to do our homework and, and ahead of time and, and present the best possible product for the legislators to work through the process. And one thing to keep in mind too is to, to you know, how bills can change over time. As, as Dan mentioned, only 10% of bills that are introduced become law. Um, a lot of the stuff that's in those bills that die, as, as we say, um, end up in other bills as well. So, you know, what we put forth into in the preliminary draft and the introduced version of an agency bill or what our author does for us, um, there might be things that get added to it over the course of the eight week or 12 week session. Uh, there might be things that get, that get dropped. So, you know, Dan's completely right in that BMV, unfortunately, has no control over what, what how the bill actually turns out. We can just kind of, you know, work with the folks across the street to to uh, to guide them and, and hopefully you know get accomplished what BNB is trying to get accomplished. Um, Dan, I do have an additional question about the sponsor that you've talked about. Is that something that is appointed to us, or do we have to seek sponsorship? Um, we often reach out to the um, head of both the Roads and Transportation Committee in the House. In this case, uh, currently it's Representative Pressel or um, the Homeland Security uh, and Transportation Committee in the Senate, um, and their current chairman is uh, Senator Kreider, and work with them to identify an appropriate sponsor and author for our bill during session. Great, thank you so much. And then I have a follow-up question to that. How, how do these bills become law? Well, we've discussed most of the process, but um, a lot of a lot of people when reading legislation forget to pay particular attention to the effective date. Um, the most common effective date for each part of the bill, um, there can be multiple effective dates within each bill, um, is July 1st of the same year as the legislative session. So the session ends in uh, March or April, and then the law goes into effect July 1st. In some limited cases, bills can also have effective dates that are in the past or retroactive, or uh, they can be also effective upon passage. So once the governor signs the bill into law, um, it, it becomes active, and that usually happens sometime in April or May. Um, the BMV often requests that bills not become effective until the following January 1st or the beginning of the next year. This is because the BMV's registration process is based on a calendar year, so we want a new law to apply to everyone during that registration period. Additionally, many legislative changes require an update to STARS or the development of new IT applications. Um, 
that work can take some time. And so it may result in the BMV's request to push back the effective date either to the January 1st or even in some cases beyond um, sometimes two or three years out. Um, and and the, the process generally, uh, we've all seen the cartoon when we were in elementary school about how a bill becomes a law. And that's generally based on the federal process, which is not completely different than the state process. Um, it goes through one chamber of the General Assembly. So in our case, it will go through the House first. Um, and then once um, it's adopted by the House, it will it will flip and be heard by the Senate committee and they will approve it theoretically. And then um, once the entire Senate and House vote on the final version of the bill, it then goes to the governor's desk um, for his signature or veto if uh, the case warrants. Thank you so much. So Kyle, if this bill gets passed into law and we find as the BMV that we need to make some changes or adjustments to it, what what can we do? Well, the short answer is unfortunately very little. Um, ideally, you know, the BMV, uh, the legislative director is is kind of on top of that. And, and we see those kinds of things coming from from a pretty long way out. Um, and, and we've been able to head off those kinds of issues at the past, as it were, so that the legislature, at least if, you know, even if they're going to move ahead with the idea, understands the actual consequences of it. And at worst, will give us some extra time that we might need if it's something that is just going to take a significant effort to implement, give us some extra time to implement it. Um, you know, instead of making it effective July 1st of that year, maybe they'll make it July 1st of 22 or, or January 1 of 23 even to kind of buy BMV some extra time to work through it. Um, other times things get, you know, introduced and kind of, you know, slipped in as it were late in session. BMV doesn't see it coming. It gets put into a, a bill that's not entirely relevant to BMV and therefore wasn't in a place that BMV was ready to look at. Um, and at that point, we kind of have a few decisions to make. One is to kind of figure it out and, and we'll, we'll do what we can to implement it. Um, but ultimately, if, if, it, if it's of a nature to where it's, it's either literally can't be implemented because it contradicts something else or, or whatever, um, the BMV can, can go through the process the next year that we've already described where we try to either where we propose to amend the legislation and, and kind of work with the legislators to fix up um, some of those issues and, and clean that up and and, and uh, make it so that put, get it into an implementable state so that the goals of the legislature and the BMV kind of align and, and that we kind of uh, walk down that path together. Um, it's important to remember, you know, the legislature, in, in theory, the legislature is, is the will of the people. And if they have an idea that they've passed through both chambers and the governor signed off on, the BMV should be doing everything we can to implement it. Um, even if we don't think it's a good idea or, or, that's probably overstating it, or even if we think it's difficult to implement, that shouldn't be an, an impediment to uh, to implementing those ideas. So, um, you know, I, I hear in conversations with folks out on the floor, oh, this is such a bad idea. Why would they do this? Well, you know, it might seem like it at first, but, you know, we got we got a bunch of very smart people here at BNV that are working hard and and I think can, can turn, you know, even something that's bad on its face into something that's actually useful and, and good for the people of Indiana. So, uh yeah, short answer, unfortunately not much, but in the long term, I think BMV historically has been able to do really good things with what some might argue is pretty poor law. 
Are you aware of major construction projects in your local area? Be prepared before even starting your car and sign up for email or text alerts on in.gov forward slash NDOT. Check for closures or new traffic patterns before leaving home. Be alert and slow down while driving through construction zones. So that brings us to one of our final questions. What is the difference between a law and a rule? That's a, that's a good question. Um, a, a, a rule is a law at its, at its most basic. Um, there's a difference between rule and statute, which I think is what you're getting at. So I'm sorry, I'm, I'm being pedantic, but um, okay. a, a statute is what's, is what's uh, introduced and passed through this process signed by the governor and, and becomes what we know as Indiana Code. That's a statute. Um, a rule is, an, an, is essentially an administrative law. Um, it's got a significantly longer timeline because you're basically granting lawmaking authority to a non-legislative body. No one at BMV is elected, we're at most appointed, and, and everyone else is just hired. So um, there, are, there are significant hurdles to getting a rule passed. Typically, the process takes about 18 months from beginning to end starting with a proposed notice that the agency files publicly with, with the Legislative Services Agency, and ultimately concluding with, with the final adoption of the rule. In the meantime, there are about four different agencies we have to get approval from, from on the rule, including the Attorney General's Office, Office of Management and Budget, State Board of Accounts, um, all sorts of cost-benefit analyses that need to be done, um, as well as all the background stuff that we do, you know, talking on and off with other stakeholders and things like that. So. Um, it's a it's a very long and, and, and involved process, but but at its core, the agency introduces the rule. There's a public hearing on it. Um, these other agencies sign off, including ultimately the attorney general signing off for the legality of the rule, and then the governor's office for final approval. And then after 30 days after governor's signature, it becomes an official rule and is therefore now the law in Indiana. Um, but when it comes to the you know pyramid as I like to think of it of law, a statute can always override a rule. So that if if an agency were to pass a rule that the legislature didn't like, they could go in the very next session and essentially by statute overrule that rule, whether it's explicit or implicit, say they could do something that does the opposite and then that is now the law. So any rule that gets overruled, sorry, <laughs> by statute um, is just ineffective on its face. The, this this the the agency should go in and repeal it. They're not required to because the statute by itself controls. Um, so in a similar fashion, federal law and federal rule also overrules state statutes and state rules. Um, that's the pyramid I'm thinking of. United States law is at the top, followed by United States regulation, followed by state law, followed by state regulation. Um, and each can overrule the other. Um, in most cases, we can get into the nitty gritty of federal regulation specifically, but that's probably we'll, too. We'll save that for another podcast. Yeah, I, 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 I can go on for a couple hours on that one. I think I'd probably still get it wrong. Um, but that's the broad strokes. That's the difference between a rule and a statute. Okay, great. Thank you so much. So I have one last question for um, both of you. Uh, Dan, we'll start with you. What is your favorite part of the legislative process? Uh, Honestly, my favorite part of the legislative process is working with legislators um, to develop laws that are efficient and work well for both the BMV and all Hoosiers, right? I mean, that's ultimately why we're here. Mm -hmm. And um, um, 
that that work with legislators can be very rewarding trying to figure out um, how all of this works. Great. Uh, so Kyle, what is your favorite part of the legislative process? Yeah, so my favorite part of the process, I think, is is just working with the folks internal to BMV. Um, every year they come up with such great ideas in terms of, of, of new technology and, and figuring out ways to implement that at BMV to continue the, the history of success BMV's had over the last few years. Um, things like mobile driver's license, uh, ELT, uh, and, and taking those ideas and, and the, the new technologies and figuring out uh, how to put them into code, uh, Indiana code, and, and, and draft bills that'll be implementable and, and useful to the people of Indiana. Um, you know, I've, I've learned a lot over the last several years on, on how things on how things work, and and that truly, you know, working with the folks here at BNV and seeing their passion and, and and seeing all the cool stuff that they can do is really the most enjoyable part of the process. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to chat with us. I think that our listeners, um, especially those folks that work here at the BMV, will get a little bit more insight into what it is that you do and also how this affects us. A lot of us know that there's big pushes January and July 1st, but we don't fully understand um, the, the meat and potatoes that's behind it. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Join us on our next episode of Breaking It Down with the BMV.